0: All well, right, Pastor, thank you for the opportunity to get to come tonight and thank you, preacher, for the message. I appreciate that. Is it Stuart? Yes, sir, thank you so much. That was good, wasn't it? It's was good. Well, I think the pastor wanted to have two young preachers tonight. He couldn't find the second one. So he called down to nursing home and found me. All right, well, I'll do my best to be a help and a blessing tonight. Good, good number tonight amen. Amen. and a good number of young, young people. That's a blessing, amen. I'm going to be in the book of 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 34. 2 Chronicles chapter 34. Let's stand together, please. Verse number one, I want to read a few verses of scripture, and then I want to skip to the end of the chapter or or to verse number 31. So I want to read uh, about seven verses here uh, in chapter 34, starting in verse number one. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And walked in the ways of David his father. And declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign. While he was yet young. He began to uh, seek after uh, the God of David, his father. And in the 12th year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and, he, and, and the carved Im- images and the molten images. And they break down the altars of Balaam. In his presence and the images that were on high above them, he cut down and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. He break in pieces and made dust of them and strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. And he burnt the bones of the priest upon the altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And so did he in the cities of Manasseh and Ephraim and Simeon, even unto Naphtali uh, with their mattocks round about. And when he had broken down the altars and the groves, and had beaten the graven images into powder and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. Verse 31, the Bible says, and the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord And to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant which were written in this book. And he caused all that were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem... ...did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of all the countries that pertained to the children of Israel... ...and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God, and all his days... They departed not from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Father, I need your help tonight. I want to say what you want to say. And I thank you for the service, the meeting, the good preaching, the testimonies, and the Good exhortation from Brother Jones, and I pray for help and leadership. Lord, I don't want to be weary tonight with words. Just help me to preach what you you want me to say. I pray that you would anoint it. I pray that you'd speak to hearts and change lives, save some poor lost sinner. Lord, I pray. I want to pray for Brother Reed. Tonight, And I pray that you'd help him as he's facing this procedure Monday. Lord, he's suffered with pain so long. I'm asking you, God, to put your hand uh, upon this procedure and give him relief. And I pray that you'd help him uh, through this, help Brother Boyer, As he pastors here, and I pray that you'd bless this church, the ministry here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm asking a question. I want to take a few minutes and try to answer the question. Can a young person live for God? I preach this at my church probably back in the spring or winter. Can't remember. And I've never preached it anywhere else. I've read and preached about Josiah before. But I'm burdened for our day today. I know everybody here that's saved can relate to that. And uh, so I got to reading about Josiah. This is absolutely amazing to me. Eight years old. And takes the throne. And after he's reigned 16 years, I mean, eight more years. So he's 16 years old and he begins to seek God, Amen. seek the Lord. Yes. You know, I, I try to, I, try to uh, I guess, put things in the right perspective. This is a, this is a good number tonight. I'd like for some of you younger adults, teenagers, uh, young people here tonight, to try, to try to imagine maybe being raised up in a church where there's maybe possibly 20 on Sunday morning. Most of them are uh, above 50 and 60 years old. Um, There might be another child or two that's several years younger than you. But that's where you go to church three times a week. Your parents or grandparents take you there. And there's not a big crowd. There's not a lot of big youth meetings going on. And you're struggling to find a friend To fellowship with You know I would say in most of our And I'll call it circles Or in our churches of like faith uh, That's the way it is And uh, So we're trying to preach now And what I'm trying to say is Sometimes And I I hope you'll understand Where I'm coming from Sometimes when you get in a big crowd You can kind of you can kind of get affected by the intimidation that's going on in a big crowd yes, yeah. if you're in a big crowd and everybody's kind of coming to the altar and everybody's getting together and everybody's trying to figure out where the next big meeting's going to be at and right. and 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 how late it is it going to last and what all kind of food they're going to have you can you can get caught up with that right. and I hope you'll Understand what I'm saying, but there's a lot of young people even get caught up with making professions of faith to be a part of that crowd. They learn learn the motions. They learn the, the sign language. They learn the vocabulary. They learn to get in the youth choir and everybody's doing it all together. But if you didn't have all that, do you have a desire to really want to live for God? Can a young person live for God? Well, you know, I could close the message out here and say, yes. Yeah. Yes, if you want to live for God, you can live for God. Yes. Right. And I got to thinking coming up the road, coming up here, I thought, you know, Lord, why, why am I asking that question about a young person? Can, can a senior citizen live for God? Can can a can a four, forty year old man that's trying to raise his family? Can he live for God? Amen. Amen. We need some of them to live for God. Amen. So so really, this is a question for all of us. But but what, but it's fascinating to me. I, I think you know, and I I relate back. You see, I was saved at nineteen. How many of you nineteen? Anybody nineteen in here? Okay, one. 14 liars. Don't want to raise your hand. I got saved when I was 19. I got under conviction when I was 16. And I I really, I sat over there and I, you know, my testimony started pumping in my heart. And I thought, Lord, you know, I I preach my testimony all the time. Not again tonight, but but it's just the greatest thrill of my life. You, You know, and so so I, I, I'm almost hesitant to say this, but I, I was born in Washington, D.C. And, and don't even come up to me and talk to me about, about Washington and what all the mess is up there. But I, I couldn't help it. If I had a boat in it, I would have said, go south, don't, don't, don't have me here. But anyway, I was born there. I was raised in the outskirts. I was around Dr. Jones. I, I was around... Um, I I was around. Just uh, I guess I guess they fit under the title of fundamental type preachers and churches. But uh, I just I don't remember God being in those churches. And uh, and and my dad, you talk about providence preacher, the providence of God. My my dad um, was working for the National Security Agency. And he just comes home one day and, and says uh, to mom and all of us, uh, I'm taking early retirement. We're moving back to North Carolina. Now, North Carolina is a nice place. We were moving back to the mountains. That's where my mother's home was. And, and so uh, that was exciting to me. Um, you, you don't have to be in the mountains to get saved you can You can get saved here tonight Amen. Uh, and, and, and you don 't have to be in a church to get saved, Amen. but I got under the sound of what I call holy ghost preaching Amen. and and that was the first time in my life i 'd been in that atmosphere. long story short, I was sixteen at that time, and going to raised in public school all my life, I was struggling to reach out. And try to have some friends and be accepted. And so a lot of exposure was coming my way. Uh, I'd already made a, a profession when I was a, a kid at the age of nine. Uh, but um, uh, something started bothering me in my heart. It was conviction. I didn't, I, I didn't go home and say, hey, guess what? I'm under conviction. I didn't know what it was. There was just a a, a, a heaviness, a a fear of God, a fear of dying, a condemnation that came upon me. Long story short, on March 16th, 1975, uh, the Lord visited me one more time. I had pushed off conviction. I had pushed it off. I had pushed it off. I, I did not like the preacher. I did not like church. I was raised in a Christian home. I did not like the Bible. I did not like prayer. I didn't like the Christian life and didn't have any intentions of living it. But God had so worked that conviction in my heart. The day that he saved me, I wanted to be saved more than anything. So I left my pew and just thinking everybody has to come to the altar to get saved. I came to the altar and I begged God to save me and he saved me. 19. He changed my life. He converted me. He changed my mind. He changed everything about me. Whatever the world was at that time and this was 1975 so you had the hippie um, uh, what am I trying to say? The hippie intimidation, the, the uh, looking like hippies and, and uh, uh, acting like hippies. and uh, You had all that going on. Rock music was popular. And all of a sudden, the Lord had saved me. I was converted and he changed my mind. You know what? When I left that pew back there, I was sitting in the back. I, I know this doesn't make sense to you, but I came down that aisle and I knelt on my knees and i meant to be saved. I mean, I didn't come down to grab God by the nap of the neck and say, you got to save me, but i meant to be saved. Amen. Because he had worked a want to in my heart to be a Christian. Amen. Whatever the world was doing after I got saved, I did not want to do. I did not want to do. So that was back then. And, uh, you know, I'm glad it's not today because, you, you know, the, the haircut's today. I mean, this guy works at the gas station in Udawah and he's got, he's shaved all the way up and then he's got this long thing that comes right down here. And, and he tries to talk to me and I want to just, I want to go... I want, I want to reach over and lift the lid up And say you talking to me But I wanted to be saved So so I, ha- I hate to um, I-, I guess I don't mean To exalt myself Like I'm, an, I'm a good example I don't consider myself a good Christian But I will say this I've got a want to To be a Christian I want to be a Christian this young man, Josiah, had to have something in his heart to have this kind of character. And, and I guess I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to the message, and I'm also watching the time. I, I don't want to preach over 30 minutes, preacher. Um, so I got to thinking, you know, this, this young man, he had to have something in his lineage for him to turn out this way. So I went back and I started studying his lineage. And here's what I came up with. I'm not gonna go through all that right now and bore you. But, but I, I, he, he had a, a father that was sinful. And then he had a grandfather that was wicked and rebelled, but finally repented. Then he had a great grandfather. That lived righteously, and then then he had uh, a great great grandfather that was wicked, sinful, and then he had a great 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 grandfather that did right, but he compromised. Jotham. He didn't remove the he didn't remove the high places. Which, which is where they sacrificed their idolatry. He, he, he didn't remove that. So I got to looking at here and I thought, you know, this is not righteous, 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 righteous. And then you got Josiah. I mean, he's come from a mixture of influence. And, and, and some of the righteous influence was already dead before he was alive. And so I got to thinking, hey, you you can't blame it on on his lineage that he's turned out this way. It has to be God. And so if I could say something tonight, let God work in you. Pretend like you're being raised in a church where there's 20 people and you're the only teenager in the whole church. Right, right. And, and, and you're, you're dying on the vine to be accepted and have some friends. Right, right. But find you a place and get with God and say, if I lived my whole teenage years if I never find a husband, Amen. if I never have a wife, if nobody ever knows my name, I want to live for Jesus. Amen. Amen. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? There's an old preacher down in Alabama has been dead for several years, but every time he, just about every time he preached... He would always say this What's wrong with doing right What is wrong with that Preacher what's wrong with that There's nothing wrong with that What's wrong You can either do right You can do wrong You can either do right Or you can do wrong Is there a light switch up here Anywhere No light switches You just leave these burning all the time Oh back there Well I'm not going to go back there Well, in my church, there was a light switch. I I know this is not deep to you, but but I've always liked wiring, just electricity. I've always liked it. Is that a light switch? Where's that go to? Outside? Oh, that's what I need. So I got to thinking about this. I got to thinking about this. I was burdened about something and I... I was burdened for a young lady that's making some wrong choices in her life, and uh, the Lord put in my thought about a, a light switch. Oh no! I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay to have it. Oh! I can't use that. That, that has blown my whole illustration. So, so, so I got up to my church, and, and we have a switch right here and controls floodlights. And so, so I, I flipped it off. I said, that represents not living for God. And then I, I, I flipped it up, and they came on, and I said, that represents living for God. And I said, uh, I said, what I want to do is, what I want to do is I want to get this switch kind of in between where everybody else likes to live. And, and I couldn't do it. I mean, you can with these, but not. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. Uh, you know, I would just, I, I would say, I'm, I'm trying to get it to where you all want to live at. And it, it wouldn't work. It was either off or it was on. That's the way living for God is. You don't come in here in a youth meeting and, and live for God and then get up tomorrow morning on Saturday morning and not live for God. You don't, you don't answer the phone and realize this is your friend from another church. And you talk living for God. And then 30 minutes later, your friend that's not living for God, you talk not living for God. You don't get it in between. You're either saved or you're lost. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. You're either right with God or you're not right with God. It's not a middle place. You can't do it. I went. I, I went. I went in my living room. I've got two floods that kind of uh, um, shine on where our fireplace is. It's got a. It's got a dimmer switch on. it. I said, "All right, God, I'll get you on this one." I said, "I'll, I'll push this dimmer all the way down, just barely on." And uh, so I clicked the button. And it went completely off. And I clicked the button again. And he said, Ronnie, it's the same principle. It's either on or it's off. You're either saved or you're lost. You're either ready to meet God or you're not ready to meet God. You're either living for God, walking with God. You're either loving him or not loving him. And, and so what I want to preach to you tonight, and, uh, and I, I guess I'm, I've just blown this whole piece of paper, all to pieces. But can a, can a young person live for God? Sure you can. Just because it's June 2021 doesn't mean you can't live for God. I understand about all the wickedness and ungodliness and sad but you can live for God, I can live for God and, and you need to determine that you're going to live for God so so what about this what about this this young man named Josiah? When I read through his life, I thought this this young man is amazing. It's amazing. Do you know what saul he he was King Saul was so taken back by this young sackling called David. He comes back in to the king and he's dragging this big head. And he's got got Goliath's sword. And it's dripping with blood. And he acts like he just went out and milked a cow or something. He said, here... You was all upset and taking stomach pills and popping aspirin. Right. This here, it's done. I told you I'd go. And and Saul stared at him right there at the end of chapter 17, 1 Samuel. He said, Who's your daddy? That's what he asked him. I thought, why do you ask a question like that? Where do you get character like that? Who's responsible for raising you like that? Where where did you get that bravery? Where did you get that knowledge of God? Where did you get that faith? Can I, I say something to you? I'm going to give you a little therapy right here. But jamming yourself full of stuff in life is not going to get you living for God. And and, and I try to preach this to to my people. Redeem the time because the days are evil. So what that means is all the stuff, all the ball, all the phone calls, all the games, all the wide open running You're going to have to lay it up on the counter. You're redeeming something. So you're given something that... You're going to have to have some time with God. And preacher, you know this. But you've got to have some time with God. I'm not a tree hugger. But but I like... I I like having a, a... I like sitting on the front porch. Sometimes... It's more important just to sit on the front porch and, and read your Bible and, and, and drink a cup of hot black coffee. Amen. Do you do that? You're not going to make it. <laughs> and just sit there. Brother Jones, sometimes there's some deer that come out. I'm not talking about being a freak. I'm talking about being still and knowing that he is God. You can't do that pumping game buttons all the time and watching movies and running over there to that and running over there to that. Now, I know you're going to kick me out. I don't do this real often. But occasionally on a Wednesday night, I've told my people, no church. And don't go anywhere else. Amen. Amen. Stay home. <gasps> I may get kicked out of the Baptist. <laughs> hey, we're, we're running. We're too wide open. Amen. We can't feel God anymore. Amen. We can't hear his voice. It's it's too much noise. We're we're running wide open. You ladies, you you need to slow down and find God. I've had young ladies in my, my church, and they've got friends that are young ladies They start meeting a young man and then they get a ring and they start marrying away and and then you've got a young lady that that's not happening to and she's folding up and dying and going into depression. That's what I'm trying to help you with. It needs to be two in your relationship. You and God and everything uh, from that point forward will be put together by God. Can a young person live for God? Yes. Yes. Let me get up here where my message is at. Yes, he can. yes you can live for God. Let me just mention these and I'm going to close. This, this, this young man's amazing. In verse number two, of chapter 34 of 2 Chronicles. What do I see about the, the character of how he turned out? Well, the first thing I want to say is the pattern that he followed. Verse two, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David, his father. And declined neither to the right nor to the left. That simply means he went straight down the line. He got in the path with God. And we've had saints of God that have lived that way in front of us. So don't pattern your life after the trendy things. I'm not, i I'm really, I'm, I'm not trying, i I'm really, I'm not trying to be funny. But just because some turkey wants to grow his hair and look like he's got an azalea bush on the front of his forehead. What? I mean, you, you think, well, that's what I, and just, listen, and, and I know people uh, bring scars from their past life into Christianity. Things that they can't get rid of. Tattoos. I've got a preacher friend that's got a whole sleeve. Well, I love him.
1: He's my friend.
0: I understand. But thank God he's saved and he's serving God. A lot of people have things that they've done in the past. Some things can be fixed. Some things can be erased. Don't don't pattern yourself after after the wickedness of the world. I mean, get focused in on a a God-fearing church and a man of God and, and follow that pattern. That's what he did. Number two his pursuit of faith verse 3 for in the 8th year of his reign so he started when he was 8 so he's been reigning for 8 years he's 16 while he was yet young he began to seek after the God of David his father so he began to seek God find God Learn how to pray. Learn how to read your Bible. Shut yourself away from the world and and get yourself fascinated by the Lord. I was saved in a church that was just, I mean, they were running so wide open. It's just every week, several nights of the week, I'd been saved about three months. I'd never, I'd never read a book about this, but I just had a pull in my heart. And there was something going on that night. They were having, the youth were doing something that night. I just felt like I needed to go somewhere. I barred my mom's car and I went up on the side of a mountain. I didn't do anything up there, just parked it, backed it up to the woods, watched the sun set and begin. I hadn't really had time, preacher, to just soak up what, what has happened to me. Amen. Amen. And I crawled up on the hood of that car and laid back on the windshield, and I got to thinking, oh man, all that condemnation and guilt Amen. is gone. Amen. And I'm saved and and there's peace in my heart. And praise God, I can live my life out knowing that if I die, I'll be in the presence of the Lord. That overwhelmed me. I'm not a tree hugger. But oh, for the times to sit on a rock and watch a stream. And let verses of scripture come to your mind. Let God talk to you. Do you know God will talk to your heart? Amen. He will. Amen. You slow down. Amen. You see, God, if you'll let him, has got great things in store for your life. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother John. He does. Can a young person live for God? If you want to. If you'll flip the switch up and let the light burn. I see, I see the purging. He, he purged filth. Verse number three. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah. Judah. And Jerusalem from the high places. This is idolatry. And the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And he he threw out all of that idolatry. And when that went out, all of that sexual filth and perversion went out. He purged it. You have to do that with your own life. You have to say, hey, that's got cussing around. I don't want to be around that cussing. Say, hey, this literature's not good literature. I don't want to look at that. These people, I was talking to a young man recently. He said, preacher, I'm changing jobs. I said, really? He was asking me some questions about the will of God. I said, what, what he said, I can't live for God under God. The influence I'm under. And I thought, I admire you. Making all the money that he was making, and he was wanting to walk away from it because it was a hindrance to his Christian life. That's a blessing. Thirty years old, never been married, You have to learn how to purge filth. Our churches are supposed to purge things that blemish the testimony of Christ and the church. I do all of my counseling that I can try to do from the pulpit. Some people need to talk personally and I understand that. But this Bible has the answers for everything that you will face in life. All your questions will be answered in this book. Read it. And I will say this, and it's my opinion, for every chapter you read, you ought to read two chapters in the book of Proverbs and keep going over and over and over and over and over over again. He purged filth. He pursued the faith. He followed a pattern. And then the precepts that he feared. He feared the precepts of God. Second Kings, I'm not going to go over there. But they found a book in the house of God. They read it to Josiah. He realized what it was. And he had respect for it. Not many people respect the word of God. You need to, you need to saturate yourself with the word of God. I don't know if the preacher gave give an invitation or not, but I will say this. I want you to think about what I preached to you tonight. Because I'm fixing to close. So if he gave an invitation and 30 of you came up here and lined up, you said, well, my friends are going, I'm going to go up too. You can do what you want to do, but I would encourage you to do this. When you get alone in your bedroom or wherever you're at, I want you to think about what I preached to you. Because you're going to have to settle it in your own heart about being born again, and living for God. Amen. 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 I think it was Brother Billy Mitchell said someone come up to him and said, Preacher, why is it so hard to get people to come to church? (laughs) He always had a simple answer. He said, because they don't want to come. That's not real deep, but that's common sense. They don't come because they don't want to come. They don't let people don't live for God because they don't want to. Amen. I start having a problem. I guess, I guess when you get up close to hundred years old, you start having these joint problems. So I start having a problem with my knee, and I had a problem with it for years, preacher and. Everybody's fussing. You need, to go, you need to go see a surgeon. So finally, last year, I, I, I went to, to a surgeon, and I'm done. And so my intentions when I started seeing him, I'm not having no knee replacement. So I talked to him about what could be done, and he started doing things, putting shots in and, and doing different things. And I've been to him maybe four, four or five times in the last year. But the last time he put a shot in there, which was back in February, it didn't help me. About a week. Man, I've been halting. My, it's up in my hip now, my lower back. And I, I, I know you didn't come to hear about all my health problems. I went to see him today. When I went to see him today, I had a whole different determination about me. He looked at my x rays. And he said, Ronnie, you've reached a point here. He said, I, there's, there's nothing else that's going to help. And he started, he, he's a real cordial doctor. He started, he started, he said, there is a procedure. And he started talking about uh, a resurface procedure. And he was just trying to use all this different language to try to keep from saying to me. And I looked at him and I said, are you talking about getting a knee replacement? He said, Yes. I said, sign me up. <laughs> I, said, I said, when do you want to do it? I'm all about it. You know what changed my mind? All the pain. Amen. All the handicap of things. Yes. And if you'll look around at all the people's lives. That are cho- made the choice to not live for God. Amen. Their bodies are racked with depression, okay. drugs, right. drunkenness, right. misery, sadness. Their bodies are diseased with immorality. Sure. Sure. Young people have lost their purity. Amen. Many of them don't have a decent home. They don't. They don't. They don't have a mom that would know how to fix meatloaf and mashed potatoes and brown gravy and fried cabbage and green beans with bacon grease and, and, and uh, cornbread cooked in an iron skillet with a tub of butter on top of it. They've never had that. They've been raised on chips. You know, we, we have kids come to our church, eat chips for breakfast. Is that what your wife gives you? I'm just kidding, sister. What are they supposed to eat? Nobody loves them. Nobody loves them. Nobody cares for them. If you all would decide to flip the switch up and live for God, God will use you and bless your life to make a difference in somebody else's life. Preacher, thank you for letting me preach.